and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. We are here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. They are here as well. The 2020 presidential election is officially underway. We happen to live right here, smack dab in the middle of the place where it is getting started. And for the next two days, we're going to do everything we can to tell you everything you ever wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask. 888-900-3393 is the number here to the blaze. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you are a political junkie, the next two days are going to be for you. I'm going to put my uh, technocratic cap back on as best as I possibly can, and we are going to break it down for you. First today, what we think may happen and why. Uh, And then tomorrow, what actually happened and why and what it means. And to set the stage, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Democrats Day is finally here. It is the very first day votes will be cast in the Democrats primary process as Iowa gears up for their caucuses. One of the most critical polls of Iowa, other than the result tonight, is the 76-year-old Des Moines Register Iowa poll. The final Iowa poll in the lead-up to the caucuses was set to be announced on Saturday night, but the Des Moines Register decided to scrap the poll after a complaint from the Pete Buttigieg campaign over how the poll was administered. With avowed socialist Bernie Sanders surging in Iowa, according to the most recent polls, it's very curious to say the least. It's actually just complete BS. The final Emerson poll of Iowa shows Bernie Sanders leading at 28 percent, followed by Joe Biden at 21 and Pete Buttigieg at 15. Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar round out the top five at 14 and 11 percent. According to the Tyndall report of weeknight newscasts, only 10 minutes of newscasts were devoted to coverage of the Iowa caucuses in the weeks leading up to it. That's down from 86 minutes in 2016 and 66 minutes in 2012. Candidates and their surrogates made their final appeals to Iowa. Iowa voters, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley campaigned for Elizabeth Warren in Iowa City. We live in intersectionality and complexity and nuance, and you know that. I'm not going to go to students and only ask them or talk to them about, and neither will Elizabeth about student aid, because we know that they care about if their grandmother can age in community. They care about the solvency of Social Security. They care about climate justice. They care about gun violence prevention. They care about health care justice. Joe Biden was interviewed by NBC. The process of impeachment has ensured that everyone knows about Hunter's dealings with Ukraine. That's a good thing. No one's found anything wrong with his dealings with Ukraine, except they say it sets a bad image. Well, do you agree that it sets a bad image? And my son said that. Do you think it was wrong for him to take that position? No. Knowing that it was really because but, that but company did. wanted access to you. Well, that's not true. You're saying things you do not know what you're talking about. Pete Buttigieg. The reason we have 11 million undocumented immigrants is because our economy needed 11 million more people than our system was prepared to admit. Michael Moore campaigned for Bernie Sanders. And I got to tell you what's so disgusting about this. 
I watched the debate in Iowa here two weeks ago. The all, the all white debate. And the fact that the Democratic, the DNC, will not allow Cory Booker on that stage, will not allow Julian Castro on that stage, but they're going to allow Mike Bloomberg on the stage because he's got a billion dollars. Speaking of Bernie Sanders, if you want to know the strength and resiliency of the Milwaukee, Wisconsin Fire Department, this is how you find out. According to a report from Politico, some DNC members are eyeing the reversal of a policy which weakened the party's superdelegates during their nomination process in order to stop a potential nomination of Bernie Sanders at their convention. Beto O'Rourke tweets, wake the up america moving on impeachment is all but dead after the senate voted late last week against calling in more witnesses in the senate trial cnn white house correspondent john harwood says of 51 republican senators who voted to block john bolton's testimony in trump impeachment trial 25 represent states of the confederacy during the civil war the old confederacy represents the bulwark of the 21st century gop senator mazi hirano of hawaii says and I don't care what kind of nice little legal constitutional defenses that they came up with. In other news, female empowerment was set to be some sort of theme during last night's Super Bowl. The San Francisco 49ers have a female coach. The halftime show featured a bunch of chicks pole dancing and Olay ran this commercial. Is there enough space in space for women? When we make space for women, we make space for everyone. One tweet equals one dollar to girls who code. What does this button do? Yes, the women are so dumb, they press the wrong button and launch themselves into outer space. Very empowering. And finally, Pete Buttigieg was asked at a recent Iowa rally what his favorite Beatles song was. His response, come together. And that's what happened while we were away. And we're off. Uh, Aaron's montage is brought to you by our new friends over at Books, as in bouquets. Just because she says she doesn't want anything for Valentine's Day doesn't mean she doesn't deserve anything, fellas. Not to worry, uh, the folks over at the Books, they've got you covered. That's B-O-U-Q-S, as in bouquets of flowers, all right? They offer farm-fresh, sustainable sourced flowers for next or same-day delivery. And you can order today and get 25% off your entire purchase at B-O-U-Q-S.com. B-O-U-Q-S.com slash Steve. Slash Steve to get $25 off. And remember, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. All right? Don't blow it. Don't forget all right. And our friends over at Books are here to make your life easier. And they offer more than just roses. You'll find sweet treats, beautifully styled bouquets, plants, gifts, and succulents on their site as well for this Valentine's Day. So make sure you take advantage of this offer. B as in boy, O U Q S dot com, B O U Q S dot com slash Steve. By the way, I've seen their flowers and they are phenomenal. We. We had some delivered to the house and I forgot. And so they showed up and Amy was like really impressed. And I forgot that they were coming. So I, I wasn't able to take credit for them. I just, I just, 
I just I blew the whole thing. I, I could have scored some points because these roses were phenomenal. Okay. B as in boy, O U Q S dot com slash Steve. B O U Q S dot com slash Steve. Get 25% off right now. Well, let's begin because there is a ton to get to over the next couple of hours with the Iowa caucuses. So coming up here at the bottom of the hour, um, our good friend Bob Vanderplatz is going to join us while on vacation, on location from vacation. And I'm going to give you my final caucus picks and why coming up a little bit later on as well. I I want to begin, though, with, with what was the big story here this final weekend. And and that's the spiking of the Des Moines Register poll. Now, I want to give you a little background here. What I'm about to suggest may be wrong, but I absolutely am not coming out of left field with my theory of what occurred. Because this is the Epstein didn't kill himself of of polling. Um, I have known and, and covered and seltzer for decades. I, 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 I do not believe. I do not believe that she just happened. Her call team just happened to bundle the, the last poll before the Iowa caucuses. Cause she's a national pollster now, by the way, and she's, she's arguably the best national public pollster in the entire industry. She's coveted. She does her homework. That's why, that's why she calls somebody like me up 10 years ago when she has a bad polling year and recognizes that it's the people that make up a good portion of my audience that she kept undersampling and wanted to know what you know they could do better to get people like you, us to respond to their polls. This is not a hack. Now, total depravity is always in effect. Someone can eventually become a hack, right? I mean... We have we have a we have a long train of a of, of usurpations and abuses of people who don't finish their race as well, right? We see that all the time. But there is nothing in her history to suggest that she is either a hack or this sloppy. And for those of you wondering what the story is, that that the Des Moines Register's Iowa poll, which nailed the last Iowa caucus cycle, had Hillary Clinton and and Bernie Sanders effectively tied. That's how they finished had Ted Cruz and Donald Trump within the margin for error. I think we won by just inside the margin for error. I want to say it was like 2.8, you know, so nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. And so everybody in in the political class is on bated breath waiting for this poll to come out on Saturday, and then it does not. Now, the story is that a Pete Buttigieg voter alerted the campaign that they had been contacted by the Iowa poll and what was it or or Todd, they had mispronounced his name or left him off. Maybe it was actually both, right? They They left him off because they, they took their screen size and enlarged it. And Mm -hmm. whoever appeared at the bottom was left off on that one question. But because every time you ask a question, it reorganizes the order with which you ask. So they, and they, they felt they could not determine how many other times this was an issue. I last worked at the Des Moines Register 20 years ago. I left in, um, in, in the spring of 2000. And 20 years ago, when it was absolutely unthinkable, the Des Moines Register on its front page was running full, you know, color, multi-column 
promotions of the first gay prom in Des Moines. Before we even knew what LGBT was, before there was an alphabet soup agenda. They are a newspaper of record for the, for the life and worldview of a Pete Buttigieg. I mean, it's, it's the trans times. If, if you found out in 1988, let's go back a few decades. If you found out in 1988 that the 700 Club was doing a poll of the Iowa caucuses and they decided to spike it because they messed up Pat Robertson's sample, would you believe that? Would you believe that? You're getting to the exact point yeah. that I was talking to my wife about yesterday. No way. No way. No way. First, openly, I'm sure we've had others, but first, openly gay presidential candidate. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is messianic to the people that run the Des Moines Register. They have, and the numbers dictate that it's true, they have been willing to drive off whole swaths of Iowans to never darken the door of this newspaper again. There's more Pete Buttigieg signs in my neighborhood than there are people getting a delivery of the Des Moines Register. And there's one Pete Buttigieg sign. Okay. I mean, they are, they are sold out to this. hundred More than 100%. It's their religion. And the idea that him of all candidates... BET commissioned a poll and forgot to include Barack Obama. Come on, man. I know we haven't said this in a while. But let's fire up our favorite country song. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. No way. No way I don't believe it. And now I want to fast forward to you about 15 years since I last worked there when this same newspaper came to me offering me a job as a columnist. We agreed to terms. They publish a promotion of me beginning as their new Sunday columnist. They're going to headline me on Sundays on the front page of the newspaper. I submit a column. And in case you're wondering what the column was about, it it was actually attacking our Republican rhino governor for spending too much money. I didn't even, I thought I, I, I didn't even step on one of their shibboleths right away. Tried to make this as, as fraternal as I possibly could. They spike the column, never run it. Um, Spike me still I don't think to this day ever have admitted publicly no, that pretend, they did that pretended it never happened they acted as if it never happened they, folks they ran the announcement that they had hired me as a column on the front page of the newspaper is that a big deal it's kind of a big deal yeah and they have the same publisher then that they have now I don't believe for a second that Ann Seltzer committed this boondoggle whatsoever i don't believe it i I've, I've got a long history working at this newspaper i know how they operate and then just even in recent years and watching them just flat out just lie and then act like they never did okay so i don't believe this i don't now, I do think if I'm going to say that, though, it, it, it's incumbent upon me to be responsible and, and posit an alternative theory. And I have one. 
See, what I think happened is, I think, well, let me give you some odds. I think 70%, this is a Pete Buttigieg scam. 20%, they didn't like the results they had. 5% odds. It's just all an innocent, honest mistake. 5%. That's the odds I'll put on it. It's 20% that they didn't like Jeremy Corbyn winning the Iowa caucuses and the candidate they just endorsed not doing well since their endorsement. Although there have been people on the right and the left that have leaked what the poll was going to be. I have no idea how accurate those are, but they're all leaking the same numbers. And the same numbers had Bernie Sanders ahead slightly, Elizabeth Warren a few points behind. Um, Joe Biden, what was he at? What I saw, like 13 was the number I had that they had. And, and I've seen, I have seen um, people on the right and the left claiming this scoop. I have no idea if it's accurate or not. But a couple of them are names of people that if you are on political Twitter, you've heard these names before. Doesn't mean they're credible. It's just, you know, it's not Twitter egg with nine followers sharing this stuff. Okay. So 20% odds. Now, Ann would not do that. 20% odds, though, I could see CNN doing that. I could see CNN saying, we cannot publish a poll that has the guy we know we can't win getting winning this thing and, and the guy that has been leading all the national polls finishing in the low teens. We can't do that. I think I, I could see the same network that um, has, has given us, well, the last three years. I think that's 20% possible. The most likely scenario, I believe, is a guy who's a construct of the very movement that gave us Bake the Cake Bigot and um, uh, how's my gay marriage impacting your marriage? Um, I mean, this, this whole thing's a lie. It, it's, it's, it's endemically a lie. And I could absolutely see him and his campaign getting a call like this and deciding they're going to use this to try to leverage the Des Moines Register. And the register now is trapped because he represents their most cherished victim group. And they can't be seen as being unfair because they can't have him going on all the Sunday shows tomorrow, which by the way, he did yesterday. He was on every single one of them, I think. Or at least all the ones that he needed to be on for his base. And if he's on there saying, Boy, I don't, I, the, the newspaper was not fair to me. This is their religion. It, it, would, it would be like Billy Graham blogging about how bad your pastor is at your local church and you shouldn't go to church there. It would just devastate you as a congregation, right? And I think that's what happened. I think he bullied them and used them to vault himself a bunch of publicity here in this final week. And he got in every show. And baby got put in a corner here. They couldn't be seen as being unfair to their most cherished victim group. And so they buckled. I think it's 70% that. I think it's 70%. um, This is a ploy by Pete Buttigieg. 20% CNN said, we can't have Joe Biden reported at at that terrible of a number. 5% simple user error. 
Now, I have not shared this theorizing publicly anywhere. You guys are hearing this for the first time. Todd, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, the one name I'm surprised you're not bringing up as the motivation for why they want to bury this, both CNN and The Register, is Elizabeth Warren. I think if her numbers are down, I think that's one reason why they wouldn't want to put uh, uh, that out there. Here's why I didn't, because people who have followings on both sides are claiming that they have a leak of those numbers and her numbers are not that bad. They're not that bad at all. Like, you know, she's, she's all alone in second place and only a few points behind Bernie and what they are leaking. If, if, if those, if, 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 if those leaks are true and they had Elizabeth Warren had tanked, I would wholeheartedly agree. But, but just to answer your question, that's why I have not. Now, I don't know how credible those leaks are. I have no idea. I just know people with followings on the right and the left have been sharing them for the last 24 hours. That being said, I, I, I am shocked. You know more about methodology and Ann Seltzer. But again, the excuse is that w- how many callers do you think they have on this? From this call center, let's. Uh, 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 it would be, uh, I would say, at least double figures. Okay. Like it's, I don't think it's two or three people making that call. I, I don't understand. And this is Ann Seltzer's reputation. The, her motivations for spiking something or going on are different here's, here's, from here's the why. press because she she's doing a person to person poll. She's not doing an automated poll. Okay. If you have an automated poll, you don't really need anybody to do that. If you know, if you a pollster himself, if he can do that on his own. But if you're doing person to person calling, yes, there's going to be multiple people making those calls. Well, if A, how, these people aren't just like, this isn't their first radio, you know, the people that they hire to do these political uh, uh, calls. The fact that you may be on one call for because you've enlarged your screen, that's what they said, and then all of a sudden one person you can't see, the person on the bottom. If it happens once, but you, you're you not just randomly going in as these callers not knowing the names of the candidates for president of the United States. You, you would have had a meeting. The fact that one person kept forgetting to read a name over and over and over again defies credulity to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that even if that did and by happen, by the way, the voter, the Buttigieg voter making that claim has refused to be interviewed so far. Correct? That's I legit. don't know. Is that true? I, yeah, yeah. Is that true, Aaron? Well, I'm just saying that's legit. If, yeah. if true, yeah. yeah. They they have refused to be. They've refused requests to be interviewed. Yeah. And then that the methodology of all this is so fragile that this happening with one yeah. caller is. It blows up the entire thing. Again, I'm willing to plead ignorance about the things I don't know about this, but I, this is just, it's not believable that this had to spike the entire thing. So, listen, I don't think Steve has to be exactly right or I have to be exactly right about how this went down to know that something smells. Uh, and we should absolutely not be just letting this go and say, well, this thing's happened and it's hard. And um, they're, they're trying to white knight this thing. The responsible journalist thing to do was to spike this thing. These people have shown for many reasons. Steve just mentioned some of them. We're just in the shadow of the Carson King thing that we've talked about many times on this show. Their motivations are suspect all the time. You know, Aaron, we were having our meeting during before Christmas about what our thing was going to be this year. Yeah. And one of the things I said was, it, given what they have been willing to do in the media to hatchet <laughs> everything this. else, yep. you know they've been they've been pretty protective of trying to keep some sanctity and integrity 
in the public polling industry because that's a major click meal ticket. And but I said to you guys, I I don't know why they this year they wouldn't just plant and game plan and and hatch at the polls this year like they've not done in the past either, given the extent they've been willing to go to. Well, here we go. Assume you're being lied to. Here's step one. There's no way that poll was just honestly broken. No way. And that's where I was going to go. I mean, I am assuming, and I'm going to apply this year's theme to this. I'm just going to assume that this is what we're being told about this poll being spiked is a load of bunk. So being so assuming that that we're being lied to, what are then the motivations for not wanting to get to 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 get the information in that poll out there? And this is something I have a problem with and I've never understood about polls and how they are presented. Uh on the one hand, now I, I would like to hear I would like to hear both of yours your reasonings and kind of what you think about this, but on the one hand, the only reason I can think of you know, not wanting to get a poll out there is so that people uh, who, you know, um, people who might caucus for Joe Biden or J- uh, Pete Buttigieg don't see Bernie Sanders so far out ahead that they think, well, it's a lost cause. I'm not going to go because the, uh, the the other, you know, that works the other way as well. Absolutely. Bernie Sanders supporters say, well, he's so far ahead. I don't really need to go. I do not understand. And I don't think there's I mean. Tell me what I'm missing here. I don't see other explanations for why you would not want a poll to get out there. I've never understood that before because this happens sometimes with, you know, much, um, much smaller polls and uh, polls with less rapport. But um, but good grief. I don't understand why you would not want this poll getting out there. Do you guys have any reason, any ideas for why? What you just asked is why I think overwhelmingly what happened is they got caught in the crosshairs of their most cherished victim group. Because of everything you just said. That's why I think the odds are low. That's why I think the odds are lower that they just didn't like the results. Okay? And I, and I could, and, and, and I, by the way, even if I, I maybe we should even put that lower. Because I think if CNN wanted to do that, Ann Selcher doesn't need CNN. She can work for any national polling firm. She just could walk away. She could walk away tomorrow and be hired by somebody else. So I'm actually going to go higher now. I think it's 80, 80%. 80% that... Um, they got cornered by Pete Buttigieg's people and didn't want to make it look like they had screwed over the only gay guy running because that's their most favored cons- victim uh, victimology constituency. I think it's eighty percent that I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, ten or, or yeah, fifteen percent. They didn't like the results, and five percent simple user error. And I could even be talked into going higher because what you you're asking the right questions. And I don't think, I just, I, I, unless Ann has crossed Rubicon, which is possible, we've seen it, but it's not, it, that's just not the way that, that she operates. And, as, and she's never operated that way in her entire career up until this point, which is why I don't believe it. That's why I also don't believe it's simply that they were just ticked about what they returned back with Joe Biden. I don't believe that either. Okay. Hell, if I'm Joe Biden, I'd want the Des Moines Register to run a poll showing me at 13% the day before the caucuses. Yeah. Because I'm trying to manage expectations, man. I've been winning these national polls all year long. I want you show I'm going to get 13%, man. I'm going to, I get 17 or 18 the next day. I'm spinning that thing as a win. Well, everybody said I had no shot here. I'm, if I'm Joe Biden, I need everything I can to get to the South as fat and, and try to just remain relevant until I get to the South where there's more black voters that like me. So if I'm, the, if I'm in the Biden campaign, I'd love to see a poll that had me at 13%. I'm trying to manage expectations because if I lead all these national polls for a year and the first time there's a vote, I'm in fourth or fifth place, that's a mortal wound to my candidacy. So that, that's why I don't believe that the odds are high 
that they were hiding for a, they were they were hiding or projecting for one particular candidate. But they're much higher that they got cornered by their own demagoguery. Because we have seen this before, folks. We just went through an impeachment that was just all about Democrats having to respond to their own demagoguery. They have played footsie. Um, I, I retweeted something from Ariel Davidson over at The Federalist yet last night that I think sums up where I'm coming from on this. I have no sympathy, she said, for the Democratic Party for what's about to happen to them with Bernie Sanders. They have played footsie with these avant-garde Marxists for so long and used them as a means by which to attack their political opponents. Well, now those chickens are coming home to roost. Sooner or later, you know, that's why they say the first rule of assassination is kill the assassins. Because you know what happens if you don't kill the assassins? They start assassinating you. They realize we're better at killing than the people in charge are, and we'd like to be in charge. So we're going to start taking them out next. And that's what I, I think they were concerned they were going to lose. They, they were getting demagogued here by this campaign. Oh, poop. What do we do? We can't make it look like we were unfair to him. He's going to go on all these shows tomorrow and play the victim. And we're going to look like homophobes. So we're just going to spike the whole thing. I think that's what happened. I think that's overwhelmingly what happened. Because that's that's right in the after the ball playbook, man. After, absolutely it is. Absolutely. Bob Vanderplas is going to join us. We're going to start laying out some predictions when we come back. Losing your hair sucks, but you know what doesn't? Keeping your hair without leaving your couch. If you're losing your hair... You've got to know Keeps. They offer the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products. That's the real deal. And the generic versions save you a fortune at the same time. It's simple. Just answer a few online questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a doctor will review everything and recommend the right FDA-approved hair loss treatment for you. And then it's shipped discreetly to your door. So you're probably wondering, will it work? Well, a whopping 66% of men even experience hair regrowth, thanks to Keeps. So losing your hair sucks. Let's do something about it. Here's the deal we want to offer you today to do something about it. Go to Keeps.com slash grow, Keeps.com slash grow, and get 50% off of your first order at Keeps Hair Loss. 50% off. Yep, half off, half off right now at Keeps.com slash grow. That's keeps.com slash grow. We welcome in guy who knows a thing or two about these Iowa caucuses, our good friend Bob Vanderplatz, who's so passionate about this process. He's on location, on vacation, uh, joining us here this week. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing really well. Good to see you, Steve. Matter of fact, I was out walking the beach today, and I had a guy stop me. He said, aren't you Bob Vanderplatz from Iowa? I said, yes, I am. He said, why aren't you in Iowa caucusing tonight? Nice. So I don't think they want my input over there tonight. Yeah, so, Glenn, uh, so uh, I'm here. Yeah, Glenn. I was on the Glenn Beck show before I came on to do my show, and Glenn's like, "Are you showing up tonight?" I'm like, "Brother, if, if I show up at a caucus site, Flavor Flav's going to scream out, somebody call 911.' All right. So <laughs> it, it's it's best people like me that uh, uh, watch these events from afar. All right. However, uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, is, was uh, in town uh, or in the state this weekend doing some advanced work uh, for uh, Trump reelect. 
And he went out to the eastern part of the state because that's the the most democratic stronghold of the state of Iowa. Uh, and, and he went out to the eastern side of the state and checked out who uh, he perceives to be the top four candidates. And he gave me some general observations. He went to all of their events and he gave me some general observations of what he saw. I shared these on Twitter yesterday and I'm going to go through these with you one by one and get your quick feedback, okay? On Elizabeth Warren, he said she still had uh, a good crowd in Iowa City, meaning despite her perceived decline, but that's a college town. That's her base. She's trans-obsessed, is what he told me. Uh, She seems to be running on Make America Trans when you listen to her. Um, He told me it comes up in every talking point, practically. I still think she could make the top three. She still has the best overall organization in Iowa. Your quick thoughts there. Well, my first quick thoughts is that's a, a candidacy that I think is heading in the wrong direction. She's going to Iowa City, which is a base she should already have, trying to shore that up before the Iowa caucuses, staying on the message of transgenderism in America. Like, that's the main issue we should be talking about today. But I think the point that he notes, and I just saw it in the Des Moines Register story as well, is that she has an unbelievable organization in Iowa. And will that organization save her tonight? You know, it seems to be a candidacy that is losing a lot of steam uh, to her mentor, Bernie Sanders. All right, let's go to the next candidate that he wanted to break down on Joe Biden. He noted he's going to smaller venues to avoid empty spots, lacks the energy. His his events lack the energy of the others events. A very old crowd thinks he's going to finish fourth, maybe fifth. And I don't know if you saw this yesterday, Bob, he was actually at... Um, uh, a middle school he held his event his des moines event yesterday at a middle school gym while uh pete Buttigieg held his at i think it might be the second largest high school gymnasium in the state of iowa so that 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 was kind of an independent anecdotal verification of what my source said that he saw out in eastern iowa biden well, I think it, it just uh, summarizes Biden's whole campaign. There has been no energy around his candidacy from day one. Matter of fact, day one would have been his most optimistic uh, campaign day, I think, in the entire process. Uh, people are trying to hold him up, you know, basically say just prop him up, put him by the jukebox. Maybe he can win. But if he's going to small venues, all that's saying is that I don't have a crowd. I can't fill the gymnasium. If you can't fill the gymnasium, my guess is tonight is going to be a very poor night for him. On to the next candidate, Mayor Pete Buttigieg. He says, quote, he certainly has the progressive white suburban voter, said he saw this in eastern Iowa as well. He's much smaller in stature in person, though, than what you see on television. Thinks he's definitely going to finish in the top three. Well, I think, first of all, you know, he doesn't have to worry about being a small, smaller than stature for tonight's caucuses because they're only going to see him basically from what they saw on television if they haven't gone to see him in person. Uh, I think he's going to finish in the top three because I think it's what you and I talked about many times, Steve, is that he's got a natural base. He's got a natural base of support. Uh, we'll talk about the Des Moines Register poll, I'm sure, here in just a minute, but I think they polled it because of him. And so, yeah, I think he finishes in the top three, but I think he was hoping for a win tonight. If not a win, a number two. So if he finishes number three, I'm not saying he's out, but that's not where he wanted to be. Then finally, he went to Bernie Sanders' event. He said, quote, he has a very dedicated base. I can't see him not winning. His people are truly radicalized. His base isn't moving. They're Bernie or bust. And he was the only Democrat candidate whose events were an actual event. That's what he said about Bernie Sanders. 
I, yeah, I think Bernie wins tonight. Uh, I think he's got the momentum. He's got the organization. He's got the energy. He's got the enthusiasm. Uh, his base is going to crawl over broken glass to be there for him. Uh, they're going to they're going to argue passionately for why you need to be supporting Bernie, why Bernie can not only defeat Trump, but why he can usher in a new America. And so I think Bernie wins. I think he wins pretty big tonight, honestly. On the Des Moines Register poll, so what I told the audience before you came on, and it, and the only other person I'd shared this theory with was privately yesterday with the little birdie who gave me some of his observations out on the campaign trail. I'd not tweeted this, not mentioned it to Todd or Aaron until we were live on the air. But I think it's almost no chance, user error, this is arguably the best public pollster in America right now is Ant Seltzer. I think it's mm-hmm. very little chance. It's it's just a simple boondoggle. Um, I, I think there's a slight chance some somebody higher up spiked it because they didn't like the results, particularly if the leak that Joe Biden was only going to get 13% in this poll is accurate. But but Ann has such stature in the polling community. Let's say CNN didn't want a poll that had Bernie Sanders winning and Joe Biden so bad. Uh, she could quit tomorrow and work for any major national media entity. I, I, I just can't see her buckling to something like that. Um, so I think it's overwhelmingly this. I think something did get messed up with an isolated incident with Pete Buttigieg, but because of the victim class he represents, which this newspaper has spent 20 years since I last worked for him, they were even doing it back then. This is their most favored victim group. They have driven off wide swaths of Iowans, both in the Democratic and Republican Party, to push this on the state with reckless abandon. And I think they were deathly afraid of him going out there and spinning his poor or his average polling result um, as they messed up the, the sample and taking the obvious question, well, you're the only gay candidate. You think that had something to do with it? And makes and demagogues them to death on every Sunday show, which I believe he was on yesterday, practically. And so I think they spiked the poll rather than him turning their own demagoguery against them. That's what I think happened. You know, your words are always, you will be made to care. Yeah. I think they, I think they know that as well. Yeah. The LGBT community. If this would have been Amy Klobuchar or if this would have been Andrew Yang, uh, I think they wouldn't even thought for a second. They're moving Wholeheartedly forward, agree. Forward, yep. all forward with it. Yep. But since it was Buttigieg, they were so concerned about the backlash, the reaction about you will be made to care because you took down one of our own. And quite frankly, I don't think Buttigieg is going to do as well as people think he's going to do tonight. And when that happens, they start blaming the register poll. The registers already lost any conservative leaning person in their readership. They are bleeding like crazy. If they lose the LGBT community, they might as well just shout the lights. I wholeheartedly agree. Yep. So here, I really wrestled with these. These... These are my final predictions, all right? I think Bernie Sanders is going to get 29% tonight, but I wouldn't be shocked if he got north of 30. This is now where I am in a conflict because instinctively, I do not believe Joe Biden is going to get 22% or finish second. Mm -hmm. But all the data, all the data says opposite of that. And there's one poll in particular yesterday that has me spooked. And that's him hitting 25 in a YouGov poll. Here's why that spooks me. Because YouGov is, a, is an online opt-in polling mechanism. That would, you, that would probably be the least friendly to Biden sample. And, and I've, I suppose it's possible 
that these polls have just all of them rigged his level of support? Because instinctively, I see a number closer to what the leak of the register poll purports to be somewhere in the mid to low teens. That's what my instincts mm-hmm. tell me. But but this is where I'm going to I'm going to give one last chance that the data, not all the data is rigged and I'm going to give it some level of accommodation. Okay. And I'm going to put him at 22%. And I'm going to put Pete Buttigieg at 18, Elizabeth Warren at 16, and Amy Klobuchar right at 15. I think that's where you could see a lot of Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang's support go tonight if neither one hit the 15. I think Gabbard definitely won't. Yang, I'm not sure about. Because I tweeted out yesterday, if you made me vote in this caucus, he's the guy I'd probably vote for. Because he's actually has an inspirational life story. He's entrepreneurial. And he's the only person on the stage that doesn't come across as hating me for what I believe that might actually listen to some of my thoughts on some of these issues. And I got to tell you, man, what his social media army was Ron Paul-esque on how mm-hmm. they picked up with that and ran with that. I was blown away watching that the last 24 hours. So maybe he you, fl- you flip him in Klobuchar. I don't know. But s- somebody in that group's going to get 15 because I, I, I think Elizabeth Warren has hurt herself with her impeachment antics and with what she tried on Bernie Sanders at the debate. You know, she went into this month, everybody's second choice. I don't know that she's that many people's second choice right now. Uh, and so, so those uh, are my predictions. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think you're right, and I and I struggle with Biden the same way you struggle with Biden. I think Sanders undoubtedly he wins the caucuses tonight, just like you have. I think you're right; he get really close to that thirty percent. The re- the reason I put Biden in at number two is probably the reason you put Biden at number two is once you look at the polling. But I think Biden might be a lot of people's second choice, kind of like okay, if I can't have the real the real person that I want to have, let's go with the person that everybody's saying. He's the one who can beat Donald Trump. That, to me, is Biden's only hope to get into those low 20s, as you just projected. But I think the rest of the field, after Sanders and after Biden, it's all going to be about who outperformed expectations and who underperformed expectations. I really believe Buttigieg and Warren are going to underperform expectations. I think Klobuchar and Yang are going to outperform expectations. Does that mean they, they have enough strength to get into that top three category? Probably not. I think they're going to have a better finish tonight than what most people predict. Yang, your thoughts on him? You know, Yang is a, a very interesting candidate. I'm a lot like you, Steve. Uh, I find him at least compelling to listen to. And remember, I'm a dad of four millennial boys. And when my boys talk to me about the Democrat candidates, uh, quite frankly, they're they're very disappointed in the entire field. But the one that they'll talk about is Andrew Yang. Uh, that Yang, they, they like listening to. There, there's a reason to follow him. He's got an inspiring life story. Uh, he's an entrepreneur at heart, uh, those type of things. So I think um, I think Yang might be an interesting an interesting guy to watch tonight. Let's say the results are anything close to what I have predicted. New Hampshire is... A week from tomorrow. And, and you've got Bernie and Boston Globe polls, you know, opening up a pretty nice working margin. And I know there's this conventional wisdom. Well, you know, uh, Biden's got South Carolina in the bag. Actually, there was a, uh, a, a local newspaper poll in South Carolina on Friday that had uh, Biden only up by five. Uh, 
You and I have been a part, we've covered enough and been a part of enough campaigns and races to know that what happens early, that's why I always tell people don't look at the national polls because you're asking people who aren't going to vote uh, and 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 are, you're asking about candidates they won't even have the option to vote for when it comes time for their state. And inertia and momentum kicks in, right? And so if 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 Bernie finishes that far ahead in Iowa and you're right about Elizabeth Warren, then I, I mean, I, she's no threat to siphon off any support to him in New Hampshire, right? Mm-hmm. And then he becomes so, a pretty so, big favorite to win in New Hampshire too. And yeah. and Bob, no one that's ever done that in either party has failed to be their party's nominee. Every time someone's won those two states, they've been the party nominee. Yeah, what's going to happen tonight, Steve? And you and I experienced this. I mean, go back to the the Iowa straw poll of 2007, which was the 2008 presidential race. And that's the one that uh, Mitt Romney bought and won. But the surprise finish was Mike Huckabee, who took second. And what really shocked me that night was that, yeah, the press covered Romney, giving his victory speech. But the press just, I mean, they all went after Huckabee because of the surprise finish. It's where the press is going to go. The press likes a winner. The press is going to go after Sanders. They're going to go after people who got momentum. And so it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point. So those who come out of Iowa are going to have all the press following them to New Hampshire. Sanders wins New Hampshire. All the press is following him to South Carolina. And Biden is going to keep looking for smaller and smaller venues because at some point they're going to say nobody cares anymore. By the way, the only other Democratic candidate that's consistently polling in double digits with black voters. Now, it's way behind Biden. But the only other Democratic candidate that is consistently polling in double digits with black voters is Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. So... And all of a sudden, they, they become, he becomes their second choice. Like, you know, okay, Biden doesn't have it, so I go to Bernie. And that just, again, just fuels the momentum. I really think what you could have, and I would pay money to go to this debate, is a general election where it's Trump versus Sanders. I think Sanders one-on-one with Joe Biden is worth the price of admission. <laughs> I would take that one as well. All right. Good to see you, my friend. Enjoy your vacation. We'll talk to you next week. Get your right, reaction to the results. God bless. Take care. Hey, did you know that uh, your dog's food is processed every bit as much as our food is as well? Often what you buy up on the on the store shelf is a dead food. It's because it needs a shelf life of two to three years. Now, what do we, what do we mean by dead? Not spoiled, but that a lot of the natural things your dog needs in its diet have been stripped out so that the food stays fresh longer. That means the probiotics, the enzymes, the vitamins, those healthy microbacteria that also help with digestion. That's why we're taking so many supplements today. A lot of that is stripped out of our food. The same is true for your dog. That's why uh, our dog is happy that we found Rough Greens VitaSmart. It is Cap's new addiction. He is obsessed with this product. He absolutely loves it. We can mix it in with his water in his dish. We can mix it in with his uh, food in his dish as well. Either way, um, it's a healthy supplement that puts into your dog's food all of the live nutrients necessary for superior dog health. And apparently it tastes great too because our dog inhales this when it's added to his dish, water or food. If you want to try Rough Greens VitaSmart for your pet, Here's what you need to do, roughgreens.com. That's R-U-F-F, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze if you want to see your dog thrive again. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com slash blaze. Or you can give them a call, 833-693-7777. 
6433. 833-693-6433. That spells out 833-MY-DOG-33. All right, next hour, I'm going to get to you guys' reactions to my official caucus predictions. And I've, I've thought and rethought five times about changing them since I sent them to Aaron last night and then realized anything, any combination of second to fourth that I was going to send to Aaron, I was going to rethink after sending him because I think the, the process is that fluid. And that's one of the things we're going to do when we come back, by the way, is we're going to walk you through for those of you that have never been to a caucus, we've done this many times already, but I still get emails and calls from people like, what's different about this? And let's face it, now with it here, more people than ever are going to pay attention. So we're going to walk you through what a caucus process is like and why there could be so much fluctuation in that even first tier of candidacies, all right? So we're going to do that, get to Todd and Aaron's reaction to my predictions. And then I've got an email from a Democrat that listens to our show and loves it that has some interesting thoughts that uh, I think our audience needs to hear. So we're going to get to all of that here in hour number two, live and on demand on The Blaze, next. And we're back, hour two, here live and on demand on... Caucus Day, the 2020 presidential election officially begins today, and we are here in our home state of Iowa, smack dab in the middle of it. So if you are a political junkie, the next two days are right up your alley. Today, it's a preview of what we think is going to happen and why. Tomorrow, it's a review of what did happen and and why, and then what it means going forward. 888-900-3393 is the number here at The Blaze. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is D-E-A-C-E. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at RidUZone. I want to give you and your New Year's resolution to uh, eat better and lose weight. A reality check. How's it going so far? Chances are you're having a lot of trouble fighting those cravings, but there is a solution, and it's called Riduzone, developed by doctors and backed by not one, but two U.S. patents. Riduzone is the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you feel full faster and burns stored fat while reducing your calorie intake at the same time. Riduzone makes it easier to resist those cravings that can ruin your resolve because, let's face it, dieting alone is just too hard. So make it simpler with Riduzone, which is exclusively available on its website at riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. And if you use promo code Steve, when you go there, you're going to get a massive discount, 65% off your first order right now. 65% off, that's practically giving it away, and they throw in free shipping too. 65% off plus free shipping. When you use promo code Steve, that's my name, S-T-E-V-E, promo code Steve, at riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. So what is a caucus? We're going to spend a few minutes walking you guys through this process. Now, the Democrats do it a little differently than the Republicans do. Um, But it's more intense of an experience. And it's not just that the way their constituencies are aligned and messaged to 
tends to involve a little bit more id than you see on the Republican side, the structure of it will be different as well. So if you were going to think of a caucus as a mini convention, uh, a mini party convention, it's a miniature version of that. There's going to be orders of business. You're going to be gaveled in. There's going to be people that are permitted to speak, right? It, it's it's not like in a primary, which is like a general election where you just show up at the precinct that you're in your neighborhood, you're, you're assigned to vote at, and you just wait your turn and you go behind a, a curtain or in a private booth and mark off who you want to vote for and walk out. Nope. This is a far more intense participatory event. So if you were, if you were going to caucus for the Democrats in Iowa tonight, here's what would happen. When they begin at 7 o'clock, and they begin at the same time everywhere around the state, it can be a, a high school gymnasium, it can be a church. Well, it's the Democratic caucus, so I don't know many in churches, but I'm bummed. Okay, just making sure we're awake. Is this on? Making sure we're awake out there, okay? Uh, but it can be a high school gymnasium. It, it could be at a, a church. could be at somebody's house, um, uh, depending on if it's a really small town or a VFW kind of, you know, the VFW hall, right? It's, it's neighborhood, okay? And what will happen this time around, wherever your caucus site is, and it's up to the campaigns to make sure they get their people to their caucus site. I mean, that, that's part of the reason you need an organization is to make sure your people show up at the right caucus site at the right time because you can't just stop off and vote after work. All right, it's, 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 an, it's appointment television. Got to be there at a certain time. All right, and so this year, this is something new. When you show up and yes, they, they do check your photo ID ironic, I know, to make sure that you are you. Um, for the first time ever, you're going to declare whom you're for. That's never happened before in either party where you've had to do that going in. But this time, you're going to declare whom you are for. And the Democrats have something I, I wish that we, when I have been involved in the Republican caucuses, I've always been um, a believer in this. But, but they take a viability straw poll. And so when you, can, can you flash my results back up there, Aaron, for just a moment? Okay, thank you. Those add up to 100%. And you're going to be like, well, Steve, who, who has five, who has four? Nobody will. I mean, the first ballot, they will. But the final official ballot, they won't. Which is why when you go look at like the real clear politics polling average for the Iowa caucuses in 2016, you're going to see that Bernie Sanders' final vote tally is like six points lower than what he got on caucus night. And so there was like one other candidate, right? Maryland Governor Martin O'Malley was, was, oh, yeah. was in the race. And then, you know, you can write somebody in or whatever. Okay. But when they do the initial straw poll, whoever doesn't have 15%, if you want to continue to be a part of the process, you have to vote for somebody else then if your candidate doesn't make it. They don't make you vote for somebody else. You're just not permitted to vote then. Like Andrew Yang's not getting 7%. He's getting 15 or nothing. That's how it works, okay? I wish the Republican side did this the same way, by the way. Um, so if if... If you go look at why the Real Clear Politics polling average was off on Bernie Sanders' total by about six points four years ago in Iowa, it's because when they did the initial straw poll, there were 
about six points of people who didn't meet the viability threshold. And they pretty much all voted when they had to vote again, pretty much every last one of those people voted for Bernie Sanders, like almost every single one. Like Hillary got like almost no votes on a revote, which shows you that a lot of people four years ago saw Bernie Sanders as a protest candidate. If they just wanted to say, I don't want Hillary Clinton as my nominee. So when they, when they take the initial vote and this won't happen statewide, It'll happen at every individual. Like, they're not going to be on the phone with each other. Uh, all right, first round. No, this is going to happen at every individual caucus site. All right, so 100 people gather in a room. And if, if you don't get at least 15 of those people, I just use that number because it's a nice round number. If you don't get 15 of those people to say when they show up that night or tonight that they're for you, you're not getting any votes. Not... And if those people want to then have their vote counted, ultimately, they're going to have to decide on another candidate to vote for. And that's where the wheeling and dealing and the horse trading and the conversations kick in. Now, it's a little different on the Democratic side. On the Republican side, because you do have a large evangelical audience that votes in the caucuses, pastors are at a premium. Because if you go in there and people start talking, I don't think my guy can win. So what will happen on the Republican side is we don't have this viability test. What people will do when they walk in is they'll start talking to each other before the, the shooting starts. You kind of get a, a, a feel for the room where, where people might be at. And then if you start realizing, hey, you know, 10 or 15 of my church buddies are not with me on candidate blank and pastor so-and-so is going with candidate blank instead – you're like, well, then that's where the momentum is. I, you know, I like most people, unless they really believe in a particular candidate. There's two groups of voters, people that believe in a particular candidate and people who want to vote for a winner, like sports fans, essentially. There's the true believers and then there's a bandwagon jumper, right? Like the Kansas City Chiefs woke up this morning with a lot more fans than they even had at this time yesterday. That's just the way human nature rolls, okay? And so- they're going to make you declare when you first walk in tonight. And then if you don't have, if there's hundred people in that room and you don't have at least 15 of them, you're not getting any votes out of that room. So that's something to keep in mind. For example, with a candidate like Joe Biden, he could walk out of caucus sites in Iowa city, Cedar falls, huge college voting campuses and communities. Ames, it is conceivable he could get no votes in any of these places, don't you think? Sure. Yeah. Meaning that, what do we mean by that? Meaning that he ends up with, you know, he had voters when he came in. 10, 12% of the room was for him. But since he's not at 15, he's getting nothing. And, you know, just so you guys know, the, the most populous city in Iowa is Des Moines. There's about 300,000 is Des Moines proper and then the surrounding suburbs it's about a half million people yeah, right yes called the golden circle the the next most now the most populous region of the state is actually on the eastern side of the state but the 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 most densely populated city on that part of the state is cedar rapids which is roughly the population of south bend indiana roughly around 100 some odd thousand people a little bit more than south bend indiana and i just mentioned that city because that's where mayor beats the mayor of so if 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 you are in Cedar Falls and Iowa City, those are going to be in the eastern part of the state, and you get no votes out of these caucus sites because you're not at 
you may you might win the Iowa caucus in Pocahontas. Now keep in mind that a lot of the rural Democratic base has been has been converted to the Republican. So you may get, you know, the 40 people that show up at the Pocahontas, Iowa Democrat caucus tonight. And it could literally be 40 people, literally. All right. The 40 people that show up there, Joe Biden might get 35 of those votes. It's possible at a place like that. All right. But when 2,500 people are showing up at um, a gymnasium on the UNI campus in Blackhawk County. And he's only got, he's got far more votes there than he has in Pocahontas, but he doesn't have 15% of that room. He's getting nothing out of that room. And so the amount of Pocahontas's that a Joe Biden has to sweep across the state to win, if he's not going to perform well in these urban areas or these college campus towns, the, I don't think the math adds up. That's why I, you know, when we go through my predictions again here in a minute, that's why I'm so torn. Because instinctively, I don't believe his polling numbers. I don't. But, but I also, I, I, if this was a Republican caucus, I'd have no problem. What's, and I did it last time. I just told you guys. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a homer. We're going to win. Their polls are wrong. I was right. In fact, what I reported for Conservative Review was the exact, I not only got the order right, I even got the percentages the top three candidates were going to get right. But I don't know the Democratic base as well as I know this one. And I'm, and I'm not as confident that there's a lot of Joe Biden gamesmanship in the polling as I was there was for Trump four years ago. And the, when the, when, but that gamesmanship was also different in that Trump's a high, high a, well, so is Biden, but a celebrity, incredible name ID candidate, which means he's going to he ha, he's underperform his polling even where he wins because he has such a huge name ID advantage. Oh, oh, Biden has the biggest name ID advantage, but it's not, he doesn't have the celebrity of a Donald Trump. So the question then becomes, If, if if Elizabeth Warren is at 14% in a room, where do, the, where do her supporters go? If Amy Klobuchar is at 8, 9, or 10% in a lot of these rooms, where does her support go? If Andrew Yang is at 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10% in a lot of these rooms, where does his support go? They might, now, Yang's people might just leave. They might view him as such an outlier. They might like, hey, we're here for Andrew Yang and... 5,000 G poor went out. See you next time around. I mean, I, that happens. There's, I think there's a poll and it was in the, I, I saw that. Yeah. Thank you for reminding like the, me of that. The forties, I believe of Yang supporters who said that they will not support yeah. the eventual nominee. They're Andrew if, Yang if or bust. Yang. Yep. They're just inspired by him on an individual level. Yes. Yeah. So that's why it's enviable to be the second choice. And I do think Elizabeth Warren was the overwhelming second choice heading into the month of January. And I think she has urinated a lot of that goodwill away. And it's kind of just down to who's for Elizabeth Warren, which I still think is a pretty decent number, but not enough to win. And, and that's what makes this so difficult and fluid is the trading is going to begin before the market is even gaveled in. People are just going to hover around because you literally just show up at a, there's going to be like tables in front of the room. 
and you're going to go, you're going to line up there, and and these campaigns are going to have workers sitting there taking tallies as people declare, and they're going to be telling their people on site, hey, go to that person, get on that person, and when you get to that level of interpersonal communication and dialogue, I, I really think, gentlemen, that is very difficult to game plan out, which is why. I'm very confident Bernie Sanders is going to win and not very confident at what's going to happen after that. I look at something like Pete Buttigieg's support. All right. I mean, his primary, I know, I know his voters. I live with these people. All three of us live in an exurb or suburb of Iowa. So we know his voters very well. They're our neighbors. We get it. Okay. These are people who go to the first church of virtue signaling. And some of them sit next to you at your church, by the way. They're just, but that's their real religion is the religion of virtue signaling. But the same emotion that they're all caught up in to be for him, man, when you, when you light a match in that, in that room, could work against a Pete Buttigieg. Like, I, I could see Pete Buttigieg way overperforming and, and challenging Sanders for first place, and I could see him finishing fifth. Because that's how, that's the amount of id that is going to be on display tonight at these various caucus sites. Uh, the weather's going to be perfect. Um, so for this time of year anyway, yeah. the, the, you'll see max turnout at these universities. You're going to see max turnout at these rural locations as well. I, I just don't know how many Democrats are in these locations. So, you know, the, the caucus map tonight could look a lot like the general election map usually looks where even in elections where Republicans get trounced like in 2008 by Obama, if you just look at the surface, the, the area of counties won, McCain still won more counties, but it's just there weren't enough people in those counties. The Iowa map tonight could look like that for a Joe Biden, where we have 99 counties. Maybe he wins 40 of them. The problem is there are a lot of one-stop light, one four-way stop towns where there's not a lot of Democrats in those towns. And ultimately there's a not enough to make up for the low margins he's going to get in these campus towns where I believe in several of these caucus sites in these densely populated areas, he's going to get nothing like zero. Like Steve Dace is going to get as many voters out of some of these caucus sites that matter as Joe Biden is. Okay. So let me stop right there before we go further into my predictions and you guys' thoughts on the process, questions, comments, insults. When you said, um, about um, submitting your votes, uh, and maybe we were talking off air, but uh, that you, and you were ever since you did to tell Aaron what you were going to vote, and then you've been double. Yeah, I thought about it? changing the order two through four five times. I've been that way yeah. for weeks, and for a couple of weeks ago, and I told you I've kind of I think I've reached my limit of being able to prognosticate this thing. Uh, because then you try, then you try to add in. Well, what what about Steyer? What about Bloomberg? It becomes impossible uh, to guess. And and I was starting to think. Well, maybe. Although I thought I've never thought for a second from the beginning that Biden was the guy. I was starting to think maybe because this whole field, no one is capable of capitalizing. Like that, that he'll still end up, uh, ended up being at the top or close to this thing. So my, uh, that's my way of saying I'm in the same place 
uh, that Steve is uh, double uh, rethinking what I think about Biden. But at the end of the day, I, I, I have Biden uh, finishing for, and fourth. And I'm just pretty much going with the, the four we've been talking about the most. Um, I'm trusting my instincts on the themes I've been setting as far back. And, and then I'll reassess the, the micro stuff after this. Uh, I think Biden has about 22% of people who will keep him in the game as long as possible. But most of those 22% are people that will are more than happy to be talked out of him. They just know he's what we've been saying is for a long time. He At the best, he's been the safety school. In other words, he's an 80-year-old man who does not have anything close to a fastball anymore. In fact, we'd be wondering whether he should even be playing in the old-timers game. All right, so I, I'm going with uh, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, to lead, to win and win comfortably. Uh, bec- and I said it a while ago, he just has the best uh, base. It's uh, Amazingly, it's gotten stronger since the guy had a heart attack. Second, I'm going with uh, Buttigieg. I think he's got a potentially an interesting Republican defect firewall that they're not going to vote for anybody else uh, uh, but Mayor Pete. Third, I've got uh, Warren. I've said all along I've never trusted her as a front runner. She was going to fall back. She has, but she is a woman, and that means something, which is why I think she's going to finish ahead of Biden. And Klobuchar, while I entertained kind of her being a dark horse earlier, she's still part of the conversation she's trying to get into the game um but not in a way that um i think many of us thought she needed to to really be a spark plug amongst the conversations Mm -hmm. that you're talking about when we talk about mayor pete's voters and you're and i'm glad you brought up the republican angle to that i promise you there's going to be a lot of people in iowa tonight that caucus for mitt romney twice in 2008 and 2012 that are going to caucus for Pete Buttigieg tonight. Yes, exactly. And it's not going to be, you know, um, what's his face on Salem Radio on Meet the Press the other week saying he's going to go and vote. In his, who's that? Who is that? Hewitt. Yeah, Hugh Hewitt. Thank you. Uh, saying that uh, he's going to go vote for Bernie Sanders because he's the honest socialist and the rest are lying about it. No, this is not a troll or Operation Chaos. These are sincere votes. These are um, corporatist style Republicans. Uh, who um, are racked with white liberal guilt, uh, even though they're Republicans. Uh, and um, and there's going to be a lot of people that caucused for Marco Rubio in Iowa four years ago that are, that are going to go caucus for Pete Buttigieg tonight as well. That's who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Okay? And it, it's, it's another reason why I said on this here last week, that I think Donald Trump has a better chance expanding his base in the black and brown community than he does in many of these suburbs that everybody is so obsessed with. Because I know who these people are. They're my neighbors. I know. Okay? You don't think I canvassed my own neighborhood for Ted Cruz as well as the entire state of Iowa four years ago? I know who these people are. And I'm just telling you, they're more inclined. This is, if, if, if most people that voted for Evan McMullen are more inclined to vote for Pete Buttigieg than, than Donald Trump. And that's, that's a lot of what Pete Buttigieg's vote is going to be tonight. He, because the, the, the kids in the colleges that have been worked over by uh, alphabet soup ideology, they think they're more gay than Pete Buttigieg because he's not been effeminate enough. He talks too much about his military service. Uh, just like they think they're more black than Ben Carson 
That that's the way those college kids have been programmed is they're more black than Ben Carson and they're more gay than Pete Buttigieg. He's not if Pete Buttigieg was more effeminate, he would not get those Romney Rubio voters, but he would get more of those college voters instead. But by by appearing more masculine and talking a lot about his military service, he is the perfect black swan, the perfect foil for these. I just want a virtue signal type of uh, centrist right of center Republican voters because he, he he doesn't make you ashamed to introduce your kids to him. Like you don't think Mayor Pete's taking your kids to drag queen story time hour, but you get to check the virtue signaling box yeah. at the exact same time. That's why I think he's the only other name I could expect winning this thing besides Bernie. And I want to, I agree. I, I want to lay that. out a potential scenario where that could happen. I, I, and this is kind of, this is a little bit out there, but Let's let's stipulate that at some point during the cutoff process, Elizabeth Warren does not meet that is a 15 percent threshold. Um, I think a lot of her support actually does go to Pete Buttigieg at that at that point. Enough to matter. I agree. Enough to matter, because why? I, I think the only only thing that Elizabeth Warren has going for her right now is that she is. A woman, because if you wanted the real deal of of socialism, uh, you can get that with with Bernie Sanders of of communism. You can get that with with Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders. So I think the only reason why people are going to her is because she's a her and um, that and and trans uh, fill in the blank everything, you know, Um, but nobody's voting for that as as one of her own field organizers told Project Veritas on an undercover video here recently. So I think a, a plausible scenario where Pete Buttigieg could make at least make things interesting is in a lot of areas where where Elizabeth Warren doesn't make that 15% uh, cutoff somehow, I think a lot of her support actually does go to him because he is the intersectionality candidate. As well. I, th- I think that there's merit to your hypothesis. I think it depends on two things. A, where where are the places that she's not generating enough of a 15% if that mm-hmm. were to happen? Where? Um, like if it's, in, if it's in Des Moines suburbs, I wholeheartedly agree with you. But then I think there's a B factor. What's Amy Klobuchar at in the same room? Like if I, I if Amy Klobuchar can if if can get if, can become viable at the expense of Elizabeth Warren, because here's where I think the, your your theory has the most merit. I think we are we are approaching the saturation point of Bernie Sanders taking almost as many of, of Elizabeth Warren's voters away that he possibly could. Okay, and I think that's that's largely responsible for his surge. It's been at the expense of Elizabeth Warren, okay? So you reach a saturation point where now I'm only voting for Elizabeth Warren because of identity politics, and that's what you're addressing, right? Correct. That if, that if, that if, if I was voting for Elizabeth Warren out of ideology, then I'm, I've, I've probably moved on to Sanders for the most part because he clearly has the momentum right now with a similar ideology. I agree. I think we have reached close to a saturation point where— there's no other Elizabeth Warren voters left for Bernie Sanders to mine. I, I agree with that. I think then the question becomes, is Amy Klobuchar viable in that room? Because then you can still vote for a chick, although she is presenting herself, whether it's true or not, she's presenting herself as much more moderate than, you know, um, what a lot of the other field is, is saying. So I think there's I think there's merit to your hypothesis, absolutely. Which then, on the other hand, if Elizabeth Warren runs better tonight, Maybe that then hurts somebody like a Pete Buttigieg's ability to take advantage of mm-hmm. those identity politic voters mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Yeah, right. That's the t- thing. It's so you can see splintering off 
from a failed candidacy in one room to go mm-hmm. in so many different directions. At some point, you just have to humble yourself and say, you can't... Like Klobuchar, for example, I, I, I can ser- see her being the Klobuchar in some rooms that I was talking about her as a dark horse candidate about a month ago. But she, at this point, she needed to be have that kind of traction like in every room. She needed to be the it girl in every... I could see in some rooms, like the, they won't e- still won't even know who she is. Uh, r- relatively speaking, and uh, you need to do better than that when you're. It, this isn't a primary. This is the Iowa yeah. caucuses. She should have done what I said about a month or so ago and made a real play and just laid her marker down, because the reality is there's no room at the end in a Bernie Sanders Democratic Party for Amy Klobuchar anyway. He's never reaching out to her. He's not putting somebody like that on her ticket. That's media fantasy. Bernie Sanders is a Soviet. When he's when he after he's done, when he, when he's conquered the Kremlin. He's then not going to go back to the surviving members of the Romanov clan and say, you know what, you know, let's unify. He's not going to do that, guys. You're saying she should have basically done, I don't want to even say softer because it would have needed to have been biting, but Trump just came out this weekend and called a Bernie communist. Sanders a cop. She yeah. should have done her own version yes. of that. Yes, yeah. She should, have just, she should have just had to come to Jesus and said, at some point we have to be adults. And I'm the only person in this race that has one estate that about 70% of its population is basically Alabama. I'm the only person that's done that. All right. And let me tell you how we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania back. Let me tell you, we're not gonna do that by nominating a guy who can't complete a sentence without stuttering, or B, we're forgetting where he's at, or B, nominating a guy who uh, uh, took a honeymoon in the Soviet Union. We're not doing that, folks. And I don't want to I don't want to be I don't want a guy that honeymoon in the Soviet Union to be president either. Because here's the reality. There's going to be no more room at the end for the Amy Klobuchar's of the world. She might as well change her name to Tulsi Gabbard if Bernie Sanders wins the nomination. He won. He's, he's, he has been arguing with history since he was in college writing rape hoaxes. He is not at the end of his life making no apologies and no accommodations and no compromises. Going to receive the ultimate validation and then turn around and say, you know what? Let's go ahead. The, the third cousin of the Romanovs will we'll give you, the, you know, a bedroom here in the Kremlin. No, he's not, man. He's going to retcon the poop out of that place. He's going to scrub that place faster than you can say newspeak. All right? And it's going to be four legs good. Two legs are now even better because we have the farmer's house. That's what's going to happen. And that was the mistake I think that she made. She should have put a marker down as an adult and said, at some point, I have to ask ourselves, do we actually want to defeat Donald Trump? Because I'm wondering if the answer is, or do we just want, do we want to kvetch about Donald Trump or do we want to defeat him? She should have done that, but she didn't. She missed her window. When we come back, though, we're going to hear from one of her, one of her supporters, who's a Democrat who likes this show and has some things I think that the audience uh, and, and all three of us need to hear as well when we come back. Make sure you don't let happen to you what happened to Deborah. She had her home stolen. I'm not talking about the stuff in the home. The actual home itself stolen. The FBI calls home title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes in the country. And her story is why you should consider protecting your home with Home Title Lock. Deborah says the criminals found the title to her home online, then filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it instead. 
and it gets even worse. Deborah says that uh, she was ex- evicted from her own home, evicted from her own home, lost $85,000 in equity. 85 grand. How many Americans are using the equity in their homes as their savings, their emergency fund, their retirement? Uh, in Todd's case, four weddings and a funeral that he's got uh, staring, he's staring down the barrel of in the coming years, right? Don't let that happen to you. Nobody believes it can, but it does, all right? First thing to do, go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And then sign up to help protect the legal title to your home, the most important investment most Americans will ever make right now so that you don't end up like Deborah. And to get started, 60 risk-free days of protection are available for you, courtesy of HomeTitleLock.com. 60 risk-free days of protection for your home, your home, that investment, it's worth it at HomeTitleLock.com. One more time, let's throw up my predictions of what I think is going to happen tonight in the Iowa caucuses. Bernie Sanders, 29, Joe Biden, 22, 18 for Pete Buttigieg, 16 for Elizabeth Warren, and Amy Klobuchar just over the threshold of 15. But to what we were discussing earlier, if I'm just a couple of points off with with Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren and they don't get to 15%, Yikes. That's what I'm talking about with, you know, the Bloomberg effect, the Steyer effect, the Yang effect. Yep. I mean, I don't, who knows? Yep. Because all their people are going to go somewhere. Yang's people, I think a good portion of them won't go anywhere. They'll just go home. But that will be the story to watch tonight. Now, I got an email. I want to share this with the audience. Um, and, and this is from Ryan. Ryan says, I've been a fan of your show for many years now, going all the way back to when you were local on WHO. And I'm happy to see you guys see your success on a national platform. I'm a Blaze subscriber. I'm a registered Iowa Democrat and a frequent listener to you guys as well as Glenn and Pat. And I'm looking forward to Stu uh, to when Stu Does America starts this week. Um, and I love the Iowa perspective that you guys bring to your listeners, and it's refreshing to hear faith being a part of a normal everyday conversation and not regarded as something weird and awkward. To get to my point, I'm going to be caucusing for Amy Klobuchar because I've got to choose someone, and I refuse to not participate in the process. I can't see myself actually voting for one of these crazies in the general, so I will likely be voting for Trump, as I did in 2016. As a Klobuchar supporter, I received a survey and thought I would share with you one of my responses to an open-ended question from her campaign to show a sense of what I believe is the feeling of most average Iowa Democrats and most average Democrats that you were asking about on your show last week. And it's regarding the crazy progressive field we have to choose from in these caucuses. Sidebar, even if we end up with a Bloomberg Klobuchar ticket, which I think is the only ticket that has a prayer of competing with Trump, I'd still probably vote for Trump in the general because I just can't pull the lever for this field's far-left craziness. So here's the Klobuchar survey that that he was given. Um, Question, is there anything else you'd like us to know as we head into caucus season? Open-ended question. Props to a campaign with the stones to ask an open-ended question, by the way. That's either really smart or really dumb. (laughs) 
I don't know that I would ever recommend a candidate. Hey, let's put a lot of, let's put an open-ended question on there. No. One of the rules of politics is never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to give Amy Klobuchar some credit for that. Okay. Um, and Ryan writes, Amy states that as president, she will look people in the eye, tell them the truth and lead with integrity. In that spirit, I will give her the same courtesy here. Mainstream Democrats don't want crazy progressive policies and definitely don't want socialism. Amy needs to remember the Minnesota in her and, and remember, remember the Minnesota in her and leave the Washington stuff behind if she wants to win. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to Washington insiders. The majority of Democrats are not as crazy left as the media and D.C. think we are. The way to beat Trump isn't a race to the left. That just results in low Democrat voter turnout because we are not motivated for the candidate, but only against the incumbent. Anger won't beat Trump. Only sanity will. A strong and sensible middle-of-the-road candidate that represents stability and sanity with a Democratic tilt is the only way to motivate strong Democratic turnout. I will caucus for Amy because I believe that in this field of crazy liberals, including Amy, the only possible chance of beating Trump is a Bloomberg-Klobuchar ticket. So I want Amy to be in the race as long as possible. Don't misunderstand my thinking here. I'm not a Bloomberg supporter. Bloomberg is as crazy a progressive as the rest of the field, but is the only one, current, only one currently that can stand up to Trump, and Amy is the most sane person running. So she will bring at least a semblance of sanity and balance to the ticket. If Amy can win Iowa, gain some momentum, and more importantly, make herself more sane and less progressive to turn out the average Democrat voter, she may have a chance at being at the top of the ticket. But I just don't see that happening at this point. Because of that, I'm happy to caucus for Amy, but I won't waste any of my hard-earned money supporting her campaign financially. I'd have better odds of a return on my investment by placing that $10 on a bet that an offensive lineman will score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Best of luck tomorrow. I'll be out there stumping for Amy. So those are the thoughts and strategies of Ryan, who says he's an average Iowa Democrat, longtime listener, fan of our show. And he thinks there's probably a lot of Democrats in states like Iowa and Minnesota that think this the same way. What do you think, gentlemen? I don't. I don't think there's. You a think one. you think Ryan is whistling past the graveyard? Do you? Very much so. I, I mean, I understand feeling like you don't really have a political home, but he's doing kind of a Dacey, and I like I need to. I. I I can't. I can't handle the stupid. I need to do something. But the, the, the come on, Sanders is the front runner in multiple states in all kinds of polls. There, there's just no getting away from that thing. Their passion is matched by uh, violent rhetoric. By uh, the notion that Antifa is like, well, that's just the cost of doing business these days. I don't. You, you, you're doing a level of. By the way, who For, makes up Antifa? The black and brown people or white kids? White kids. That largely were educated where and grew up where? Suburbs, Ivy mm-hmm. League schools, things like that nature. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'm I sorry, just, you know, he's, you're, you're, that's, we don't believe in four-dimensional chess here. That's, I get why he's trying to practice it, but that's what it is. Not he, yeah, yeah, he articulated a good game of it. And. I'm not blaming him for it. I mean, you admit yourself on the show, where you you get in these places where yep. you. I have to try to solve what I know on some level is unsolvable, but I just 
I can't stand watching yeah. what I'm watching. To, to defend Ryan a little bit, though. Oh, no, I get it. I, and, and I'm not saying, by the yeah. way, I don't want to make it painted like you're hammering him. No, Disagree, no. You're just disagreeing with him. Yeah. It's, it's not personal. To defend him a little bit, though, there is clearly some disconnect. Clearly, there is some disconnect between what the average Democrat in a, in, in a place like um, rural Pennsylvania thinks compared to whoever's watching Rachel Maddow tonight. And, and that's that was demonstrated in the last presidential election. We learned that in the last election. Okay? So depending on which survey and study you look at, I've seen anywhere from 6 to 12 million people who voted for Obama at least once, if not twice, voted for Trump in the last election. So he clearly represents a, 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 a substantial block of people. What I think is... Where, where Ryan, I think you're struggling is you know those numbers, I'm guessing, to some extent, and you live them because you're one of them. And you're like, why won't anybody listen to us? Does this, does this sound familiar? Well, well he's, he sees power in volume, and that's not yes. how this works necessarily. It, it, it's how it should work. But it, but it, but it, it, it doesn't. And I think that's where you're, you're feeling like a king without a castle right now is you recognize, and I have the same frustration on the right, is that I think people like you have far more agreement with me than the kinds of people that went and caucused for Mitt Romney twice here in Iowa do. But I cannot come up with a vehicle by which we can work together on the on the things that truly existentially determine the course of a civilization. The leftist machine doesn't listen to you any more than, this is the CPAC joke on your side. The the machine on this side does not listen to Steve and the Steve's of the world, uh, and that's becoming increasingly so over time. Yeah. 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 I mean, until somebody, you know, what's the Daenerys Targaryen line? I I didn't come to, to... to turn the wheel or I came to, what was it? That's your show, right? Smash the wheel or something. Yes. Okay. It's been a while, but yes. Okay. That's something. Until someone does that. And, and Trump has done that electorally, but he hasn't done it really politically. Now, if he is successful in making a serious play for any substantial portion of black vote, and when I say substantial, I don't think a Republican has gotten more than 12% of the black vote since the 1964 Civil Rights Act. That's a decade before you and I were born, all right? If he were able to get 15% or more of the black vote, now, now we've, 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 we've smashed the wheel here a little bit. But barring something like that, the, the duopolies hold on the system. The Democratic Party doesn't want to permit you a vehicle to find enough in common with me. And the Republican Party doesn't want to permit me a vehicle to find enough in common with you. Because that's really where most, if you want to know where most Americans are, I believe politically, is, is just go find out who gave money to Carson King in Iowa to raise money for, you know, buy, to, to buy some bush light for sick kids at the university. And I think that's where most people are at. But there's so much money and everything else invested in this two-party duopoly that it, it takes viral independent moments like that for people who have a lot in common except for a couple of issues 
that in the grand scheme of things probably aren't as important as the things that we do agree on. Um, the system's worst nightmare is permitting us a vehicle by which we could work together without going through it. And that's why revolutions have to happen because systems don't, don't typically reform voluntarily, Aaron. Yes. And I think, I think it's important to remember here as well that the average, the average Democrat in Decatur and Ringgold counties in Iowa is a lot different than the average Democrat in Polk and Lynn County mm-hmm. in Iowa, just as the average Democrat in Iowa and Missouri is a heck of a lot different than the average Democrat voter in New York or California. Mm-hmm. I think what this is articulating is that you still matter, but you don't matter the most. What this, what this, this, this profile of the of the listener uh, whose email you read, you still matter enough to be. Uh, attempted to be catered towards, but you don't matter enough to actually sway things because you are in the 85% of counties right now, and I'm speaking proverbially here, the 85% of counties that did not vote for Hillary Clinton. 85, you you represent a lot of the, you represent a lot of landmass, but you don't represent a lot of power right now. And I think that's kind of reading between the lines. I think that's kind of what's articulated here and that Yes, you exist, and you matter still, and you matter enough to be, uh, you know, to be uh, catered to, like uh, like Klobuchar is trying to do, and like Joe Biden tried to do, but you just still don't have a whole lot of power in this Democrat Party because the the the, the population centers where the average Democrat is a lot further left than you are, they are the ones who control this thing. And that's never really not been true, but it's definitely it's definitely showing up more and more. Uh, with more and more frequency and with more and more uh, just that's that's just the way it is now and it's I hear the frustration I definitely hear the frustration and that's something similar that could have been articulated from Republicans in your in your um, in your same situation on the other side of the aisle in 2016 2012 2008 and here's one way where you are truly an island and unique and there's not a lot of democrat voters like you there's not a lot of people with uh that traditionally vote d that are going to cross the aisle and vote for donald trump and so they don't have to at the end of the day they're just like who what are you really going to do you're not going anywhere you know you might not like this but at the end of the day you're going to pull the lever for d they count on that just like republicans manipulate uh, people on the right well I mean, and to, we aren't going to vote. Yeah. We're never going to go vote for a Democrat. Well, there is. You're, you're right about the paradigm. There, but we just learned in the last election, there actually is a lot of people, or are, proper grammar. There are a lot of people that have a D after their name that will turn around and vote for Donald Trump. It's just the system. That's why Hillary never visited Wisconsin. That's why there was no moderation on any issue whatsoever. Um, because the Democratic Party system doesn't want to acknowledge that those kinds of people exist. Because if it did, it'd have to practice a certain level of self-awareness. Yes. It doesn't want to. And I, I, that's what you're articulating, Ryan, is why I, not even knowing you were a Klobuchar supporter when I said this a month ago, but I think there's more, I know there's more people out there like, like you. But here's the thing. We live in a representative republic. And the, and the way that the creator ordered the world is it operates on headship. Translation, you need a leader, or in this, since we're a representative republic, a candidate would be the leader, that, that gives you a vehicle to mobilize your angst. That's why I suggested Amy Klobuchar should have done, had, had a come-to-Jesus moment about, two, about a month and a half or two months ago. 
and said some of the things you you have, you know, in her own way in your note and say, Let, let's be real here. Do we really want to beat Donald Trump or do we want to just kvetch professionally about Donald Trump? Because I'd like to defeat him. I'm just going to tell you, this ain't the way it's going to get done. All right. Um, and if she had done that, we would have found out how many people there really are left like you. But we know there's a few million of you because they voted for Donald Trump the last time. The, the issue you've got to worry about with the Democratic Party, Ryan, is they know that they are they are more well they're, they're they're more aware of what the specific numbers of Obama voters that switched to Trump are than than I am. What have they shown you the last few years to indicate to you though that they have any regard for you that they've listened to you on any level whatsoever? I'll say this about Donald Trump: I can come up with something to complain about him that annoys me on a daily basis. But the one thing that you know about Donald Trump. And I'm, what's ironic is I didn't vote for him, Ryan, and you did. But, so you probably picked up on this. Um, what, the one thing you can say about Donald Trump is he never leaves a base of support that he wants, feeling and thinking as if he doesn't care what they think or isn't paying attention to what they have to say or their concerns. It just never happens. Name another Republican nominee who has ever done that. And I can't think of one, you know, because... Like I said, when Reagan left the White House, I, I didn't have a driver's license yet, you know? So, I mean, I was into politics and stuff, but not at this level of intimacy, right? So, the fact that they've shown no collective interest in trying to listen to people like you is ind- ind- indicative of that they're aware there's millions of you, Ryan. And to quote the great movie, Office Space, it's not that they're lazy, Bob. It's that they just don't care. I, I, they're aware that you exist. They don't care. They don't care. And, and I think when I came to that conclusion about the Republican Party, holy crap, man, I could, I've, I've worked to mobilize candidates. I've, I've done everything they told me to do. And they still knife me. They, they just don't care. That's why I tapped out. Yeah, because at that point, when they don't, when even you play by the rules and you beat them and they still don't care, then I don't, you know, what do you do then? I I think you're in this position with the party that you're in. They've made it pretty obvious in this cycle. You know, Joe Biden was supposed to be the candidate that you described here, and he abandoned all of those positions for the crazy progressiveness. They've made it pretty clear they just don't care about people like you. Tomorrow, we will react to the actual results. For subscribers, we're going to sit around here and do an overtime on yesterday's Super Bowl, commercials, the game, everything else. For everybody else, see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.